With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to First Mover, presented by Underdog Fantasy. As you may have noticed, if you're checking out the Twitter, there was no live stream this week. I'm actually recording this podcast on vacation out in the desert. And the Wi-Fi just cannot support my recent streaming addiction. Back to Underdog Fantasy. We have started a movement. The Rise of the Under. I love Seeing all of you out there tagging me in your Twitter posts, you're posting all the money that you're making by taking those unders. Keep it up. And if you aren't following me on Twitter yet, you can find me there at jlarkytweets. J-L-A-R-K-Y tweets. And I'm going to start promoting the old TikTok account, which I recently started. I'm posting frequent, quick, hitting videos designed to give you both actionable info as well as make you laugh and help break up your workday. And you can follow me there on TikTok at jlarkytiktoks. So jlarkytweets and jlarkytiktoks. J-L-A-R-K-Y-T-I-K-T-O-K-S. And this week, while on vacation, I'm resuming work on the player prop article for playerprofiler.com that I had to pause while working on a couple other projects. And I'm excited to get that out for everyone soon to help give you the tools to become profitable with player props. And if you're still not on Underdog Fantasy, the best app out there, it's not even close, honestly. Promo code UNDERWORLD for new Underdog Fantasy users. Promo code UNDERWORLD gets you a $100 deposit match. So... You put in $100, they give you $100 in exchange. You don't have $100 on you? Put in $50 and they'll match that with $50 and now you have $100. There is no better place for player props than underdog fantasy. Teams in the NFL, they're not throwing the ball enough. I decided to pull some numbers and by my calculation, so far this year, there's been 7,092 run plays and one, sorry, and 10,188 pass plays. Those 7,000 run plays, 4.3 yards per attempt. Those 10,000 pass plays, 6.5 yards per attempt. 50% higher. Of course, on those pass plays, they have a 2.1% interception rate and a 0.8% lost fumble rate for those pass plays. That's about a 2.9%. We'll just call, we'll round up even. We'll call it a 3% turnover rate. On the run plays, there's a 0.5% lost fumble rate. And because of that turnover differential, I think the the coaches are playing scared since teams are gaining 50% more yards per play passing the ball than running the ball on throws of 0 to 10 air yards. 
6.35 yards per attempt and only 1.9% of those plays result in fumbles lost or interceptions. Oh, you want to be even more conservative and still milk the clock? Target even shorter passes within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Those plays with zero to five air yards, 5.83 yards per attempt, and a 74.6% completion rate, carrying only a 1.4% rate of interception or lost fumble. You might be wondering, how do I explain this concept to everyone's favorite drunk friend at the bar, Cletus? Now, Cletus. Cletus, he's a real football guy and he loves to establish the run. Just toss two numbers at Cletus. That's the yards per QB pass play, including sacks. So we'll, we'll drop in that number down with the sacks and the yards per carry on running plays. Do keep in mind that this does include improvised quarterback runs as well. And those are often high yards per carry events that count as runs, not passes. So we're slating it far in the favor of those run plays. Anyway, back on track. Even with all of that, I'll repeat the numbers one more time. Cletus, the average run play this year has gone for 4.3 yards. The average pass play this year has gone for 6.5 yards, 50% higher. I know, Cletus, I, I know you're hung up on establishing the run. And there might be a tipping point where passing becomes overkill. However, that equilibrium can't happen until the yards per play are much closer together. Say pass plays were 5 yards per attempt, run plays 4.5 yards per attempt. Then we can start talking. But until the two numbers are close together, continuing to further skew towards passing the ball will be the more optimal decision, Cletus. And if you're hung up on that 3% turnover rate, teams pass the ball in the low to mid 30s per game. With a 3% turnover rate, that's about one interception or fumble lost from pass plays per game, just one. Yet, if every other drive each game is now 50% more efficient per play, that's a trade-off I'm willing to make. Even if you're passing 50 times per game, that's only one and a half turnovers per game. And I'm certain that you're making up for it by putting up so many points on the board when your average play is 50% more efficient. All right, rant over. Let's turn towards the week 11 slate now. We have two teams on by. We've got the Broncos on by and we've got the Rams on by. So we have 12 games on the main slate for DFS. And you might be saying, well, great. I love that teams need to pass the ball more. How do I leverage this in DFS? Well, look at teams that are passing at a high rate throughout each game, like the Buccaneers, teams like the Bills, the Chiefs. These are DFS gold because each pass plays more efficient than each run play. So they're putting up more yards per game. That's more fantasy points. A site like DraftKings is PPR, so each pass play also comes with just a nice casual one-point bonus for your receiver every time he catches the ball. And then there's also the 300-yard bonus for quarterbacks, where you get an additional three points when they hit 300 pass yards. It's all set up to reward the pass-heavy teams for DFS. Now, I'm going to switch it up this week. Usually, I'll preview some of my favorite individual players, and then I'll talk about the game environments. We're going to do the games first, then discuss the individual players that I think you should be keeping your eye on this week. The first game up, Green Bay at Minnesota. This is a 49.5 game total, Minnesota at home, three-point underdogs. Not a game that I'm super interested in for DFS in terms of game stacking this one. Like I've said before, Aaron Rodgers, he's a non-mobile quarterback. He operates at a slow pace. Really difficult for him to break the slate unless he has a crazy high touchdown rate. 
which he had at times last year. This year, he's come back down to life. And what do you know? Aaron Rodgers is just not a quarterback that's winning you a lot of DFS money. And then on the Vikings end, it's a team that wants to run the ball. And I think there's some really good individual players in this game that I'll discuss later, but not a game that I'm going to be looking to heavily stack with the Rodgers or Cousins angle. Next, we have the Colts at the Buffalo Bills. 49 and a half point game total, seven point favorites for the Bills. And every week, Josh Allen week at this point, they, the Bills have really just been passing like nobody's business. After a couple games where they were a little bit down in terms of the actual point scoring department, they got right back on track this past week. Josh Allen went nuts, loved to see it. And I think he can have another field day against this heavy zone pass defense Colts. I think he's going to shred them. Carson Wentz, I'm not going to fully avoid him, but definitely less interest in him this week. The Bills defense is very strong. We know Wentz really struggles under pressure, so not necessarily a big Wentz week. Next, we have the Ravens at the Bears. Only a 45-point game total. Baltimore on the road, they're favored by nearly a touchdown. But I really like this game for DFS because we have two quarterbacks that we can focus our lineups around. We know Lamar Jackson has had massive games this year. And on the other end, Justin Fields is finally coming into his own. And I'm actually going to detail him a little more once we talk about individual quarterbacks to target. And the guy has been DFS gold recently with his usage. Next, this one's a little bit of a clunker. It's the Lions at the Browns. 46-point game total. Browns favored by 10. All indications are that Baker Mayfield will suit up again for this one. But I mean, my God, Jared Goff has just been terrible. The Lions do not look like a team that you want to heavily target right now in DFS outside of Swift and probably Hawkinson. And then on the Browns end, I mean, Baker Mayfield has just not been the quarterback to target when it's a very low pass volume pass attack. Baker's been erratic at times recently. They don't have Odell Beckham anymore. There's just not much to love about this game for DFS. Then we have the Texans at the Titans. 45 and a half point game total. Tennessee Titans are favored by a touchdown and a half, 10 and a half points. I really like Tyrod Taylor in this one. He looked really good in week one of the season, got injured week two. He comes back week nine, no touchdowns, three interceptions. The world has given up on him. And I'm willing to give him another shot against what has been this year, a very beatable Tennessee Titans secondary. And then on the Titans end, I think you can play a little Ryan Tannehill. He's not one of my favorite quarterbacks this week, but I do believe he's viable against a very soft Texan secondary. Next, we have the Dolphins at the Jets. 45 and a half point game total. The Dolphins are three point favorites on the road. And this is one of those gross games that I kind of like for DFS. Tua should be playing again this week. It looks like he's slated to be the starter. We've seen his upside already this year. It's a consolidated passing attack where it's pretty much just Waddle, Gesicki, and maybe you can toss in a Gaskin. And then on the Jets end, if it's Mike White, he's kind of been a savior for this Jets offense in terms of DFS viability. We've seen the rise of Michael Carter, of Elijah Moore. There's options here in this one. If you want to play some really inexpensive players in a game stack and then pay up for studs elsewhere. Then we have the Saints at the Eagles. Pretty low, 44 point game total. Eagles favored by about one and a half points. And uh, yeah, no, no, no. You don't want to play Saints. I mean, obviously, outside of maybe Mark Ingram. I don't, I'm not sure what's going on with Kamara. We're just going to assume right now he's won't, he just won't play in week 11. And then on the Eagles end, there's Jalen Hurts, there's Devonta Smith, but it's been difficult with how few 
pass attempts the Eagles have been having. It's just not a great DFS offense right now. So maybe you can get a little naked Jalen Hurts going, a little Jalen Hurts with Devonta Smith. We'll have to monitor the status of Dallas Goddard, who was ruled out with a concussion in yesterday's game. So if he's out, maybe we get a free square tight end. Wait and see with this one. Then we have the Washington football team at the Carolina Panthers. 43 and a half point game total. Carolina is favored by a field goal. And this is going to be a game I'm going to have some exposure to. Not necessarily with Taylor Hineke, though I don't believe he's off limits when he's inexpensive and he's a Konami quarterback. And he might get Logan Thomas back. He's got McLaurin. Gibson had a nice game this past week. There is some weaponry, but I'm more interested in the Carolina Panthers with a full game of Cam Newton as the starting quarterback. He's the great unknown. And I always embrace the unknown in DFS because oftentimes people are scared of the unknown and they don't want Cam Newton paired with DJ Moore. That's too scary to them. They don't want Cam Newton stacked with Christian McCaffrey. That's just, oh, I don't know. What if Cam Newton vultures a touchdown? I want the fear that Cam Newton brings in the unknown. I will be leveraging that this coming weekend. Next, we have the 49ers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. 46 and a half game total. San Francisco's favored by almost a touchdown. Not a ton of interest in this one unless, uh, I mean, Monday Night Football is going to happen in just over an hour from when I'm recording this. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo shits the bed and Trey Lance comes in. He'd be a little more interesting to me against a terrible Jacksonville defense. But as it stands right now, it's not a game I'm super excited about. It is hard for me to quit Trevor Lawrence with how much the Jaguars are throwing with his mobility, his prospect profile. But we just haven't really seen this Jaguars offense click yet. Next, it's this is a fun game. The Bengals at the Raiders. 49-point game total. It's basically dead even. We I'm Looking right now, it seems like Raiders favored by a point. So 25 and 24 projected team totals. This is this is a fun one because you can double stack Joe Burrow. You can double stack Derek Carr, two fairly non-mobile statue quarterbacks. And I'm definitely going to get some exposure to this one. And I think this is probably a better game if you're 150 maxing tournaments because it can be difficult to know which of the three Bengals receivers is going to go off. Is Joe Mixon going to go off? On the Raiders side, it's difficult. Is it? Darren Waller? Is it Hunter Renfro? Is it Brian Edwards? Is it Josh Jacobs? So because of that, I think it's better if you take a few more shots at this game, just not quite knowing exactly who's going to be scoring the touchdowns, who's going to have the yards. But I do like the idea of some double stacks on both ends. Next, we have the Cardinals at the Seahawks. 50-point game total. Cardinals three-point favorites on the road. Still no clarity with Kyler Murray in his ankle. I'm going to assume right now he plays at less than 100%. And assuming that happens, probably not super interested in game stacking the Cardinals with a hobbled Murray, but will probably be more interested in the Seahawks side, especially after that really poor showing. But I liked what I saw from that game. Eight targets for Metcalf, Lockett, Gerald Everett, fairly consolidated. Russell Wilson didn't have any setbacks with the finger. So I think it's a game that we can go back to, or a team we can go back to with the Seahawks. And then finally, the marquee matchup. I've had this one penciled on my calendar for weeks. I don't even know what my girlfriend's birthday is. All I know is that week 11 is the Dallas Cowboys at the Kansas City Chiefs. Right now, I'm seeing a 55 and a half point game total. KC favored by just under a field goal. If you don't like two elite passing offenses, then I don't know what to tell you. This is what DFS dreams are made of. The type of game that can have 70, 80, 90 points scored in it where... 
oh, you didn't stack the Chiefs or the Cowboys? I'm sorry, you're not making money in DFS this week. And the first thing I thought was, do you remember that Monday night football game a few, I think it was three years ago, it was Rams-Chiefs when both teams had over 50 points. I'm not saying both these teams are going to have over 50 points, but if there was ever a game where that happened again, it would probably be this one. All right, let's turn to DraftKings now. Let's look at quarterback. Right at the top, we have Josh Allen. He's 8,100 against the Colts. Solid play. Then we have Mahomes, 7,600 versus Dallas, and Dak, 7,200 at Kansas City. Those are both pretty decent prices just to begin with. And then on top of that, knowing that they're playing each other and that when a quarterback faces a good quarterback on the other end, that raises his ceiling and floor statistically because the game's more likely to shoot out and have a lot of points in it. So this is just the perfect situation for both of them. I also like Russell Wilson. Go back to him. Everyone's annoyed. He put up a total dud against the Packers in Green Bay. Remember, it was snowing. It was gusting in Lambeau. Rodgers didn't have himself a great game either. These were just not optimal conditions, especially for a guy who took a month off of football to rehab his finger. Go back to Russ against the Cardinals. And then there's Justin Fields. Oh, this is an attractive price. 5,700 against Baltimore. He's averaging nine rush attempts a game the past three games, plus nearly 30 pass attempts. We saw the career high, 291 pass yards last week against Pittsburgh. And then two weeks ago, we saw the career high, 103 rush yards. This is the perfect discount Konami quarterback with passing upside in most weeks, but just you wait. We've got a better one coming up. But first, I also like Tua. Tua Tongavailoa, 5,500 at the Jets. We've seen him flirting with 30 DraftKings points a couple times this year, and the Jets secondary is dreadful. Then we have Tyrod Taylor. He's only 5,000 at the Titans. Another discount Konami quarterback. And then the lovable Mike White. He's 5,000 versus Miami. And like I said, I think that Miami Jets game, a lot of people will be turned off by the game total because it's a lot of gross players all around. But I do like the consolidation that you can do where you can double stack Tua and just go Tua, Waddle, Kosicki. No one's going to be playing Tua, Waddle, Kosicki because they're all going to be tied up in that Dallas Chiefs game. And then Mike White, same thing. You can just go Mike White, maybe stack him even with Michael Carter or just throw in Elijah Moore if you want. Elijah Moore is playing really good football. Corey Davis is playing good football. There's your stacking partners for Mike White. Oh, did we miss somebody? Cameron Newton. Cam Newton is, he is only 5,100 versus Washington in week 11. 5,100. A Konami quarterback with Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. The guy's got weapons. 5,100 versus Washington. And he's priced up. He's 7,500 on FanDuel. So if you want to play Cam Newton, just head on over to DraftKings where he's only 5,100. On FanDuel, Josh Allen, he's at the top there as well. Josh Allen is 8,800 against the Colts. And Mahomes, QB4 on FanDuel, he's 8,300. Prescott and Lamar are also ahead of him along with Allen. So Patrick Mahomes, just a great price on both sides. He's 8,300 on FanDuel. And then I also really like Justin Fields, 6,800 versus Baltimore. So the, the super cheap Konami quarterback on DraftKings, Cam Newton, 5,100. And then on FanDuel, Justin Fields, 6,800. Turning to running back. On DraftKings, we have Christian McCaffrey. He's 8,900 versus Washington at the top. The guy had almost 30 fantasy points this past week. Without a touchdown, 10 targets, 10 receptions. He is a fantasy cheat code. Then we have Nick Chubb, 7,800 versus Detroit. Assuming that he returns from COVID. If there was ever a time to play 
a running back who's probably going to be under 20 carries without much pass work. It's Nick Chubb against the Lions. The guy could have 200 rush yards in this game with two to three touchdowns. Also, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is only 7,000 at Cleveland. What did DeAndre Swift do in week 10? Was, was he heavily utilized? No, he wasn't. He only had 33 carries and six targets in week 10. 39 opportunities. That is unheard of. DeAndre Swift looking like Christian McCaffrey with Jamal Williams out this past week. And then we've got the free square running back. Aaron Jones out for several weeks. Looks like he hurt his MCL. A.J. Dillon's only 6,200 on DraftKings at Minnesota. He had 21 carries, two targets in week 10. He had four targets the week before that in week nine. This guy has a crazy high ceiling. It's pretty difficult to find someone who's six foot 250 and runs a 4.540. That is A.J. Dillon with the 99th percentile size-adjusted speed. And he could very well break one against the Vikings in week 11. Now we have James Connery, 6,100 at the Seahawks. He kind of burned everybody this past week. Colt McCoy struggled. Colt McCoy got injured. The Carolina Panthers kind of shocked everyone and just smoked the Cardinals in week 10. I'll go back to James Conner, though, in week 11. Some cheaper workhorse backs. We've got Elijah Mitchell, 5,800 against Jacksonville, assuming nothing weird happens on Monday Night Football in an hour. We've got Miles Gaskin. Hold your nose. I mean, Miles Gaskin, he's 5,700 at the Jets, and he has great usage. Running backs with his workload usually pop multiple times in a season. Gaskin only has one game over 20 fantasy points this year, and he actually went over 30 in that one. But he has several games in the teens for fantasy points. And he's handled as many as 20 carries in a game. He has another six games with five or more targets and a season high of 10 targets. Miles Gaskin is actually, based on his usage, a sneaky play in DFS. Moving a little bit farther down, we have David Montgomery, 5,500 versus Baltimore. He pretty much put Khalil Herbert right back in the bag in week nine when he returned. He's viable. Mark Ingram, he's they didn't price him up enough. He's still he's only 5,400 at Philadelphia, assuming Kamara sits again. Mark Ingram had some very promising usage in week 10. 14 carries, 47 yards a touchdown, and even better, seven targets, four catches, and 61 receiving yards. We love to see Mark Ingram get the Alvin Kamara-esque role. I know he's less talented than Kamara, but still, if you're getting 14 carries and 7 targets and you're only 5,400, I'm going to be playing you in DFS. Then we have Daryl William. He's 5,400 against Dallas. On Sunday Night Football against the Las Vegas Raiders, he had 11 carries, 43 yards, but 9 targets, 9 catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Remember when Meikle Hardman had this crazy upside? And then next, you know, you blink your eyes. It's over halfway through year three of the Meikle Hardman experiment. And Meikle Hardman has never cracked 100 receiving yards in an NFL game. Yet Daryl Williams, the backup running back in Kansas City, just puts up a nice 101 receiving yards on prime time. Oh, and then one more running back. You want to go even further down. You have permission to play a little bit of Naheem Hines, 4,300 at Buffalo. We've seen him sneak in 20 fantasy points on DraftKings. And if you're looking for a potential game script that would favor Hines, it's probably at Buffalo, where I would expect the Colts to trail in this one. Turning to FanDuel, Christian McCaffrey's at the top. He's $10,000 against Washington. A.J. Dillon, man, what a great price on FanDuel as well. And the FanDuel scoring system really benefits, since it's half PPR, these, these explosive runners. 
that are hopefully going to get there on some long carries and are probably not quite as involved in the passing game as some other running backs. A.J. Dillon, 7,000. And then Daryl Williams, he's only 6,300 on FanDuel. So if Clyde Edwards-Alaire misses another game, Daryl Williams. And then CEH is a similar salary. So if for some reason he returns this week, I believe he's viable in his first game back. All right, let's turn to wide receiver. And I don't know if you can hear any of the the banging that's gone on. I'm hearing on my end. I think the microphone's good enough not to pick that up, but I believe I'm staying next to someone who's playing fetch with their dog in their hotel room. So not the most optimal recording conditions, but like everything I do, I try to make it work and I'll have a good chuckle about it later. This will make a good story. The the playing fetch in the hotel room while I'm recording a podcast right before Monday Night Football. Still have to get my underdog player props in. I'll do that after I finish recording. Promo code UNDERWORLD. Moving on to receiver. On DraftKings, Devontae Adams is at the top. 8,400. We have Tyreek Hill. He's 8,200 versus Dallas. I like Stephon Diggs as well. He had a nice big game this past week. Still has the massive target share on the year from Josh Allen. Diggs, 7,900. And it's going to be really hard not to play some Stephon Diggs when he's facing that Colts zone defense. We have A.J. Brown, 7,700 against Houston. He put up a nice fat dud this past week. I'm going to go right back to A.J. Brown against Houston. I don't think anyone on that team can even remotely cover him. Oh, you want a little skinny correlation maybe in DFS? How about Brandon Cooks on the other end, on Houston? Brandon Cooks in week nine, remember, Texans were on bye in week 10. In week nine, Tyrod's first game back, Brandon Cooks had 14 targets. Then we have Tyler Lockett. He's priced down at 6,000 versus Arizona. I actually made a TikTok about Tyler Lockett recently because people just love to blame Tyler Lockett. Oh, he's too volatile. Tyler Lockett's really good at football. And even in the Russell Wilson Week 10 meltdown game, just like Metcalf, Tyler Lockett also had eight targets. On the season, Lockett has more targets, more receptions than Metcalf. Metcalf only has four more receiving yards. The main difference has just been that Metcalf has a few more touchdowns. Play Tyler Lockett when he's priced down at 6,000 versus Arizona. We have Jalen Waddle, 5,600 at the Jets. Very easy to see him getting his, what seems like customary, 8 to 12 targets a game against them. And we have T. Higgins just below him. T. Higgins, 5,400 at Vegas. T. Higgins is averaging over 8 targets a game this year. And Joe Burrow's been a really good quarterback. So he's getting over 8 targets a game from an above average quarterback. But... He's burned me and everyone else in DFS over and over and over and over again because T. Higgins has not crested 20 fantasy points this year. The big game is going to come at some point if he continues to average 8-plus targets a game like I think he will. 5,400 on DraftKings. We have Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley against the Colts zone defense, which, I mean, the, the Bills are just going to have such a field day against the Colts defense. Manuel Sanders, 5,300. Cole Beasley, 4,800. Stack them together. Throw one of them in there with digs. There's a lot of ways to play that Buffalo Colts game. We have Brandon Ayuki's 5,000 at Jacksonville. We'll see how he does on Monday night, but assuming that the ascension continues and that rookie year Brandon Ayuk is back, 5,000 at Jacksonville, a terrible secondary, is a great price. Then I just kept scrolling down, looking at player salaries, wondering when I'd hit him. He's been underpriced every week. Rashad Bateman. 4,500 at Chicago. Last week versus Miami, eight targets, six catches, 80 yards, no touchdown. Bateman still zero touchdowns on the year. Keeps his DraftKings price down. Keeps people from playing him. He's on a really good offense. Rashad Bateman, 4,500. Another guy I really like, 
Michael Gallup is 4,200 at Kansas City. He had five targets in his first game back. Remember, Gallup exited week one with the calf injury. He doesn't play in weeks two through nine. Week 10, he comes back cold turkey, five targets. And he's only 4,200 at Kansas City, which should be the shootout of the century. He's a great way to play this game if you want to save some salary and get a little different. You want to go lower? Maybe Marcus Johnson? Marcus Johnson of the Titans, he's 3,500. He's facing Houston. Julio Jones is now an IR, and Marcus Johnson made a pretty good case that he should be the number two pass game option there. Six targets, five catches, 100 yards against the Saints this past week. And then another one that I like is Nico Collins. I said I like that Houston Titans game. Nico Collins is cheap as well, 3,300 at Tennessee. He's a rookie, might be helped by the, he might be helped by the bye week. We'll have to see, but I think he's a good way if you want to double stack Tyrod, you can go Cooks, Collins. You could even skinny stack Tyrod with Collins. Now let's turn to FanDuel. We have Tyreek Hill at the top, 8,500 against Dallas. Just below him is Devontae Adams, 8,400 at Minnesota. Adams has not quite had the banner year like last year, but the utilization is still there. 11 targets per game in 2021. Keep going back to Devontae Adams. Moving further down, and I don't know why he's cheaper on FanDuel than DraftKings, but A.J. Brown is only 7,200 on FanDuel against Houston. Tyler Lockett, also a good price. He's in the 6,000s. Tyler Lockett, 6,800 versus Arizona. Gallup, they forgot to price him up after he had five targets in his first game back. Michael Gallup as well, a great price on FanDuel, still only 5,400. At tight end, we have the great gift, $7,100, Travis Kelsey versus Dallas. And then obviously below that, you can play the Kittle, Waller, Hawkinson, Andrews, Gesicki tier any week. Three cheaper guys I like, still banging the drum for Dan Arnold, 4,100 versus San Francisco this coming week. Dan Arnold is the Jacksonville wide receiver one masquerading as a tight end. Dan Arnold, 60 or more receiving yards, four of his last five games. All he's missing is a touchdown. Get this guy a touchdown. He could be the tight end one in any given week at 4,100. Then there's Tyler Conklin, 3,900 versus Green Bay. Oh, you, the, the two t- he had two touchdowns yesterday. That must be a fluke, right? Well, I don't know, maybe, but he had five targets again. He's had five or more targets the past four weeks. Tyler Conklin's a major part of this Vikings offense, and he's still under 4,000. He's only 3,900 versus Green Bay. Another little under-the-radar one would be Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox had no setbacks returning from injury. He's only 4,000 versus the Colts, and he only had one target in Week 10. Yet three or more targets every other game this year. No one's going to play him this week. There's nice leverage there with Dawson Knox. Logan Thomas, will he come back? He's missed four or five games now. If he returns, he's 3,900 at Carolina. And that could be a nice fun run back option if you're playing Cam Newton, 3,900 Logan Thomas. Gerald Everett is probably the lowest I'd go where I feel pretty good about myself and my tight end still. Gerald Everett, I told you to play him last week. He was mid-2000s. He had eight targets, eight catches, 63 yards in a gross game against the Packers. They didn't price him up much. He's still, he's only 3,100 against Arizona. On FanDuel, if you liked that Travis Kelsey was 7,100 on DraftKings, Travis Kelsey's only 7,300. He's only $200 more on draft, or sorry, he's only $200 more on FanDuel, even though FanDuel gives you 10,000 more in salary to work with. 50,000 salary on DraftKings, 60,000 salary on FanDuel. Travis Kelsey, only 7,300. Three other guys I like, Dan Arnold, 5,400. Keep playing Dan Arnold. The touchdown's gonna happen one of these days with how outrageous his usage is. And then I like Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz was the seventh most expensive tight end on DraftKings. Number seven. Go to FanDuel. Ertz is only 5K. He's 
Tight end 17 in price. Tight end 17 in price for Zach Ertz. He's on one of the best offenses in football, assuming Kyler Murray returns. And you're going to want some exposure to him on FanDuel. And then also 5K, Gerald Everett. I do believe the Seahawks still have a good offense. Touchdowns will come. He had eight targets this past week. 5,000 on FanDuel. Another sexy part of the show. Let's do the defense special teams. At the top on DraftKings, the Titans 3,900 versus Houston. Uh, the Dolphins have been playing a little better recently on defense. Five and four sacks the past two games. 3,600 at the Jets. This is a defense that could go nuclear. One or two forced fumbles, maybe a touchdown on a fumble recovery. A lot of ways to see the Dolphins sneakily paying off at 3600 And then they're, they're, they're just mispriced. This is the Browns, who, spoiler alert, are the most expensive defense on FanDuel. The Browns are facing Detroit, but on DraftKings, they're only 3100 And then if you want to go really cheap, I know, super Cam Newton. He's so fun, but we don't really know what we're getting with Cam Newton. He has not been a very good passer for the last few years. And if you want to try and take advantage of that, some rust, he still doesn't know this offense very well. You can play the Washington football team. They're 2,400 on DraftKings facing facing that Panthers team with Cam Newton. And then on FanDuel, like I said, the Browns are at the top. They're 5,000 versus Detroit. If you want to play the Browns defense against Detroit, just play them on DraftKings where they're 3,100. And then again, Washington football team, very good price against Carolina, only 3,500. Before I get you out of here, Let's get a nice little hot take. We're going to sneak one in because you want kind of the under the radar way to take down a tournament in week 11. Now, I've talked a lot in this episode about that Dallas-Kansas City game. It's going to be a great game and you want to get different because the whole world and their mom and their brother and their cousin's brother and the cousin's uncle, everyone who's going to play the Dallas-Kansas City game. Here's how you can do it differently and take down a tournament in week 11. Naked Cam Newton. Just play him right there, plop him in, no other Panthers, naked Cam Newton with three or four players from that Dallas Chiefs game taking up those skill position slots. Take that one to the bank. 